Grapes of Wrath might be your favorite book, but most kids are going to hate it. Welcome to the Hack Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Barnes, bringing you right now solutions to some of your biggest teaching and learning problems. Now, let's hack learning. Welcome to episode 82 of the Hack Learning Podcast, and I may have stepped on some toes in that open there. You might love Grapes of Wrath, a classic novel, and that's okay. We're talking today, though, about what kids like, and we're talking about reading and reading instruction, and who better to join us to have that discussion than Gerard Dawson, author of Hacking Literacy, Five Ways to Turn Any Classroom into a Culture of Readers. And Gerard is a classroom teacher, an author, a blogger, a presenter, a literacy guru. So Gerard knows that we've got a problem with reading instruction. We've got many. But today we want to talk about a big one, and that is required reading. Required reading is a drag. Gerard Dawson, welcome to the Hack Learning Podcast. Tell us a little bit about the problems we have or teachers face with required reading. Well, Mark, thanks for having me on. Uh, basically, if you were a, an English language arts teacher, whether that's uh, middle school or, or high school especially, often your curriculum consists of you know, a pile of novels that, that they tell you start in September and go to June and, and teach these in between. And if you think about how PE teachers teach. Let's say your your class is going to run the mile. You're not going to throw all the students on a treadmill, hit you know level ten, and force all the the students to to run the mile at that pace. But uh, literacy teachers often we're basically given a a directive which is the equivalent of that, which says like you mentioned, give every kid grapes of wrath, and whether they are at a sixth grade reading level as a sophomore, or they're at a post-college reading level as a sophomore, everyone's going to have to read the same text. So what that results in is half the class not reading at all, a couple kids trying to read but just not getting it, and a couple kids flying through the book and waiting for the rest of the class to catch up. So that's the that's the problem that many literacy teachers face with required reading. Yeah, and you know, Gerard, I remember so well, you know, I was a language arts teacher for about 23 years before leaving the classroom and I just I remember this problem so well and especially early in my career before I investigated better ways to do it. I I did exactly what we're talking about. You know, you had your list that was given to teachers and in my day they just handed it to you they said here's your book this is what you teach and you know I didn't know any better I rolled it out there because it was required for me to teach and you roll it out you put in the kids hands and you've got your prefabricated lesson plans and your reading logs and worksheets and all of those old school things and when you don't know any better it's what you do and even for veteran teachers I think this is a problem. It's a conundrum. What do I do because I've got the required reading and I've got kids at different levels? How do I handle it? So Gerard, tell us, what's the hack for this problem? Well, 
even though language arts teachers run at the sight of numbers sometimes, uh, the hack that I'm going to suggest is 80-20 analysis, which it's an idea that's that's thrown around a lot. I encountered it for the first time in the book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And even though that's a business book, this this is a hack that language arts teachers need to take notice of because what it means is to look at your curriculum and find the 20% of material that's going to give you 80% of the benefit. So that might mean looking at all the books and finding the one out of the five that's the most engaging for students and most accessible. And if you're looking at one novel, maybe that means finding the 20% of that novel that you can differentiate or create an access point with some modern day relevancy or get kids engaged to read that one piece. So it's basically about being very precise with your decisions as a language arts instructor and finding the pieces of your required texts and which of the required texts that are going to give the most benefit to your students while still being the most engaging and most relevant uh, to their lives. Wow. Well, Gerard, I'll tell you, first of all, I I love the four-hour work week. I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss's work, and I'm guessing a lot of the listeners are, are familiar with Tim Ferriss. And it's a great application of his four-hour work week because I think the 80-20 rule uh, is, is a really important one, not just for business, but for the way that we operate our lives. You know, and Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week is all about sort of separating the wheat from the chaff, you know, and I think that's what you're talking about if I hear you right. So you're suggesting that in some cases we could actually assign required reading to kids who might not be the best readers or might be reluctant readers, and we could pick and choose what part of that book that they read? Yeah, more or less, because my belief is, like the the PE analogy I tried to draw in the beginning, Mm -hmm. for most students, they're going to need some support for, for their required reading texts, especially those students who are reading below grade level. So we can still keep kids interested in the text if we cut it down to those most meaningful, most relevant, and uh, most educationally high-yield parts of the texts, because then we can be there to, to support the students' reading with, with the scaffolding of our lessons and with the collaboration of their classmates. And Someone might mention, well, why can't we do that with the whole text? Well, what happens then is that you destroy the reading process and kids grow to hate the book and hate reading. Well, if you can get real precise and and uh, support student readers with those 20% of the best reading choices, you can keep them interested in reading, still give them a wide range of other independent choices, but also move them forward as readers, which is ultimately a big part of our job. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm talking with Gerard Dawson, author of Hacking Literacy, Five Ways to Turn Any Classroom into a Culture of Readers. And we're talking about what Gerard calls the 80-20 analysis. And he's borrowed a little bit from the well-known four-hour work week from uh, by Tim Ferriss and applying this rule to reading instruction. So Gerard, 
if um, and, I, and I know that uh, you know we're blessed to have so many listeners who often are driving to work as they listen. I get this all the time from people who say, I love listening to the Hack Learning Podcast on my way to work. And then I can take these things and I can put them into action. And that's what we do. So tell us if I'm that person, and if maybe I'm listening at nighttime, and I'm, but I'm going to work tomorrow. Tell me what are some things I could do tomorrow to use this 80-20 analysis if I've got my required reading and it sounds a little bit um, like it could be a little confusing to me. Tell me what I need to do first to start to get even reluctant readers uh, taking pieces of our required reading and reading them. And maybe I've got other kids reading at a different pace or different level. How do I start this? Yeah, sure. That's Thanks for asking that, Mark, because ultimately this should be a a simplification of your instruction as opposed to a complication of it. But at first, whenever you're making a change, it's going to feel a little bit daunting or a little bit overwhelming. But I think first you need to get clear on your objectives. And what I mean by this is instead of making your unit or your lesson even related to a whole novel, a whole text, you want to understand your your uh, your essential questions and the object the objectives for the skills that you're trying to hit with those texts. So, for example, as my students read The Crucible, we have an essential question of what makes good people do evil things. Now, I have two effects created by focusing on a question or an objective as opposed to just a whole text. One, I can get real specific about the parts of the text that we should read and study together as a class. And two, I can generate a list, especially with with the help of uh, you know the great librarian I have at my school and my colleagues, I can create a, a huge list of independent reads, either whole novels or, or relevant nonfiction, that can support our study of the crucible and our exploration of an essential question. So that's one. You gotta get clear on your objectives for teaching. Um, then is to, to maybe reread the text or at least skim through with a pen and consider the parts of the text that when you've taught it in the past have, have uh, stuck with the kids the most or have let, led to the best results. So although you can't overstate the obvious, you got to reflect on your, your past teaching, read that book you know, with a pen, and, and try to pick out the 20% of it that, that works the best. Now, Gerard, you're to, and when you say read with a pen and you're saying go through and look for that 20%, you're talking about the teacher at this point, not students, right? Right. Let me, yeah, get clear on that. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, when you're in the planning phase, if you're trying okay. to apply this hack and, and um, take your existing instruction and, and um, simplify it a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we get clear on the objectives Read with a pen to figure out the essential 20%. I would also check YouTube and, and Audible. There are a lot of either great audio book versions or or for, for dramas, maybe some um, free performances that you can that you can show students. Uh, and then that's that's a an entryway for engagement and especially for challenging scenes. Uh, if you can get a, a visual or an or an audio representation of a, a an excerpt of a complex text 
It can keep kids engaged and help you to, to uh, support them through it um, without kind of just slogging through the whole, the whole novel as a class. That's great. So you would use video and maybe audio if you had it. Uh, would you do it in the beginning or during the reading to support it or both? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I think that's one of those things where it's all about the context. If you want to, you know, choose that, that one excerpt, one chapter from, um, let's say the giver, um, if you're teaching the popular middle school novel and you know, you have a lot of struggling readers, then maybe you're going to have them do a first draft reading where they listen to it at the same time. While if you're, if you decide to you know, teach the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet. Maybe you're going to read it first, watch a, a performance on YouTube afterwards, and then compare the the dramatization uh, of that scene with with how it was written in the text. So uh, I think it really depends on the context. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love the examples too. You know, you, you mentioned The Giver, which I, I'll say readily is maybe my all time favorite novel. Uh, I, I love teaching it, but I love the book too. But it's a, it's uh, it's pretty simple. It's not super challenging. And then you know you go right into Shakespeare, and you say you're basically using the same strategy, whether the book is simple or whether the book is difficult. You know, you're just sort of uh, figuring out what works best. What else do we need to do, if anything, tomorrow to really uh, engage our readers using this? what I'm starting to truly understand, this 80-20 analysis. Yeah, well, I think, I think relevancy is, is something that language arts teachers especially, it's just always there for us as a, as a strategy to engage students in what we're reading. And the, the great part about taking a, a modern relevancy approach to a text is that uh, once you've, once you've whittled down your your novels or your part of one novel to the most essential part or the most essential excerpts then you want to consider what's what's going on in the world right now that will help students to see why this matters outside of the four walls of our classroom so the next thing i would recommend is to, to just visit whatever your existing favorite news sites are and look for stories that thematically or even content wise um, relate to whatever text you're 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 planning for. So, for example, uh, going back to teaching the Crucible, we have there's so much. I've had students read about the the steroid search in modern Major League Baseball and how that was kind of a witch hunt. Uh, I've had students read about the treatment of Arab Americans after 9/11, and certainly you can bring up tons of uh, events today. Yeah. unfortunately, in our current landscape. <laughs> um, and and yeah, so I think visiting your favorite news sites and finding the the thematic or the, the content uh, relevancy to whatever text you're trying to, to apply this 80-20 analysis is going to help you to give your kids a, a balanced reading diet, so to speak, as you kind of cut down on the the required text um, without cutting down on their reading. Yeah, this is great stuff, Gerard. I, I think that the relevant piece is so important. And, you know, I, I used to leave that out. You know, when I was uh, certainly earlier in my career, I like to think I figured it out later, but I really left out relevance. You know, it was like 
you just kind of shove those old school or uh, classic novels down the kids' throats. And, you know, man, reluctant readers especially, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. They couldn't understand. Boy, you put Shakespeare in front of a middle or high school kid that's not a real experienced reader, you know, they just, man, they cringe. But when you do the things you're saying, when you bring in a little YouTube, you bring in a little uh, audio, you know, whether you're using Audible to, to read along or you are listening to music or anything like that to engage kids, and then having them make those connections. The example you gave with the Crucible is fabulous. I think that is crucial. So Gerard Dawson, author of Hacking Literacy, Five Ways to Turn Any Classroom into a Culture of Readers, uh, I know we can find this at hackingliteracy.com. Tell us, though, because I think people are going to want to connect because there's so much rich content here, and, and I know there is in Hacking Literacy, but we get a lot of people who like to reach out to our authors, and, and they may have a burning question right now, an essential question, and they might want to ask you. So if they did want to do that, uh, tell us how our listeners would connect with you and uh, anything else that they need to know in terms of finding your content? Tell us about that, Gerard. Sure. Well, just as one final point, teachers, as you're listening to this, please remember that this is not about lessening the amount of reading that students are doing. It's about opening up your your teaching to offer a more balanced approach. So uh, just want to kind of end with that. As you apply the 80-20 anal- analysis hack, you're going to just make more room for independent choices and and those modern relevancy texts. So I'd love to to talk about this further. You can you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Gerard Dawson three, and I have a couple of recent posts on my blog about uh, you know hacking required texts. I have one about fake reading and uh, some more coming up soon, and that's at GerardDawson.org. So, either on Twitter or on the blog, I'd love to continue the conversation. Fantastic, and we will uh, link Gerard's Twitter handle and his blog on our show notes page. And uh, Gerard Dawson, thank you so much for talking reading instruction. We'll have to do it again because it's a topic I absolutely love and one that really has to be hacked. Gerard Dawson, author of Hacking Literacy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Mark. As always, we continue the conversation at hashtag HackLearning on Twitter and on the show notes page at HackLearningPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.